Hey everyone, Benji and Igor here at the Contractor Evolution Studio. So have you ever wondered what it is that makes the elite contractors in your space elite? Or to put it differently, have you ever wondered what keeps the chuck in the trucks stuck? It's a good one, Benji. Okay, so over the years, we have observed certain patterns, certain habits, certain ways of being, you could call them, that are consistently exhibited by the best of the best, and simultaneously, another set of habits exhibited by those on, we'll say, the other end of the spectrum. If you catch our drift, I think you're going to love this episode, because today on the show, our guest is none other than James Dale. For you listeners, that know him, you know he needs no introduction, but for the rest of you, a little context will probably go a long way. So James Dale is the Director of Training and Development at Breakthrough Academy. Breakthrough Academy is a high-level training program that helps contractors systemize their businesses for growth. They work with contracting and home service companies, generally doing between $1 and $10 million a year in revenue. Now, James leads the development of what's called the BTA Management System, which is a very powerful piece of infrastructure that includes the tools, the systems, and the skills that smart entrepreneurs running fast-growing contracting companies need in order to scale up. He also leads Breakthrough Academy's large team of expert implementation coaches who work side-by-side with their contractor clients, or members as they're called, to implement this set of systems and help these businesses grow. Now, prior to Breakthrough Academy, James also spent over a decade as a senior vice president Uh, overseeing Western Canada at a large and involved painting franchise system called College Pro Painters. So it's safe to say after working with hundreds upon hundreds of very successful entrepreneurs over many years, he has quite the bird's eye view of what business success looks like in the contracting world. Right. And so over the course of this episode, we're going to explore James's unique aggregate perspective. He shares three key insights into what makes elite contractors achieve greatness and conversely what keeps the low performers stagnant listen really closely as you're going to want to cultivate some of these winning characteristics within yourself and be hyper aware of these three dangerous pitfalls you're listening to contractor evolution where we unpack the systems tactics and skills you need to take your fast-growing contracting business to the next level if you're here to learn what it takes to scale up work less and increase profitability You've come to the right place. Stay tuned to learn what separates the new breed of contractor from the old school and welcome to your ultimate guide on the business of contracting. James, it's really good to see you, man. It is super good to see you guys too. So I'm I'm super pumped to be here. We're excited to have you. Uh, This is going to be a fun episode. Uh, You've got so much experience, coached hundreds and hundreds of Breakthrough Academy members. You are the coach of all the coaches who now coach them. So a huge amount of broad perspective, lots of reps, a big sample size. And and I'm really excited to listen in to some of the big observations you've made, both about high performers, but also some of the low performers. So we'll start with the high performers and just, just lead us off here. What it, what's like the number one characteristic you see associated with these elite level contractors? So there's a ton of things you can point to, but I think a really important one is that they think big. And when I mean that they think big, it's not just that they're, they're, they're trying to grow revenue by 30%. It could mean that you know they want to be the best in their industry in their city, or they want to, you know, have multiple verticals that make sense that are that are connected. It could be that they uh, they want to they want to franchise this and scale it. 
but they have a vision. And again, and actually, it might not even just be it might not even just be revenue as well. It could be that you know what I want to run a really the very intentional. I want to run a really clean business that's very profitable, and I have time off. So mm-hmm. the, the 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 thinking big. One of my one of my favorite quotes from uh, Stephen Covey, right? Uh, wrote the famous book Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Uh, one of the things he does talk quite a bit about in that book is how all things get created twice. And to your point of high-level leaders, they're able to dream and create it in their head and then turn it into reality. Yeah, that's what right. he's talking about. Like, exactly. Created twice, once in the mind, yeah. and then once, once it, yeah, one, yeah, one, okay. But the first is that you can create it big. And to James' point, you're not saying it's just revenue, right? Yeah, it's it not can just be revenue. Profitability, it can be operational excellence, it can be uh, in the mar- marketplace from a customer experience and quality perspective, it can be in their quality of life, right? But it gets created in the mind. In yeah. detail, in, in detail, detail, in vivid color. It's very, very, very yeah. well thought through. It's not some vague sort of like, yeah. well, maybe next year we'll do a little bit more. Yeah. We'll get a bit bigger. We'll get a new truck. Yeah. It's like five years from now or 10 years from now, this is the painted picture in 1080p HD that I want to achieve. And then they get busy and get to work. But the point is, it, it's all up here first. 1080p, so 10 years ago, but... I 4K, 4K. Where are we at now? Yeah. But, uh, to your point, though, it is. It is again. This is a it's like, like what's a a major factor. It's a hallmark because if if as the owner or the leader of, of your business, you're not thinking big, and you're trying to push the boundaries and like try to oh, like how do we be a, in a better state? How do you expect the the people on your team to think that way as well? You need like, to be the biggest. Pink. You need to be the, the the you know you need to be a big thinker on your in your business, and you probably need to be the the biggest thinker or one of the biggest or the biggest thinker in your business. Totally. And, and I think we've all seen this many times where a high performer either becomes disengaged or they leave because they know that they are thinking bigger and better than their leader. Totally. Right? And you will never be able to lead those that are beyond the capability of you really. So you have, yeah. So, you know, you have to be pushing the boundaries and, and asking the team and thinking to yourself, how do we be better? How, what, you know, what is, what are we working towards? Totally. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If, if, if you are a status quo, like I'm okay with the mediocrity, it's no surprise why you may you likely will not have exceptional people in the business driving it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you see this in sports, uh, which we always love to talk about on this podcast. Uh, like there are full blown mutinies on football teams or basketball teams when when the players are going like this coach or this offensive coordinator or this whatever ha- this doesn't have a clue. This guy, yeah, like this this guy has no clue what's going on and our talents our skills our, our effort being, are being not wasted. used they're being wasted they're not totally being wasted used. that's yeah. a tough spot yeah. to be in yeah the team doesn't get to success the championship doesn't happen by accident exactly yeah it, it yeah any any great company doesn't just happen by accident totally. it, 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 the, the intention has to be there yeah it's been dreamt up yeah. so here's a question for you because i i find that um uh there's a lot of uh there's a lot of talk right and and um there's a lot of 
podcasts, there's a lot of content, there's a lot of gurus, there's a lot of speakers. It's actually relatively easy to remember enough stuff and sort of parrot it around your world and sound really impressive. It's very, very rare to see someone actually pull it off and execute. Are there any like patterns or behaviors that that you see that that kind of show you like, okay, this guy's just this guy's just talking shit. Whereas like, well, this guy is talking a big game, but he's he's gonna back it up or he's on the way mm. to backing it up. Yep. So, so to Igor's point before, like you got to think it, but a, a great tool to do that is they, they, they capture it in a strategic plan. So they have like a, a five-year vision. Uh, they, have, they, they know what they're working towards. But then also they boil it down to like, okay, what does the next three months look like? Like what's the next quarter look like? What, what, is, what do we want to get done in the next three months? If I stack this three month on this three month, on this quarter, on this quarter, that's how they get to the big they're trying to get to. So one is they, and that's how they get maybe momentum. It'll be momentum. So that would be one, I guess, fundamental pieces that the, the, the you know kind of the 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 doers versus the the dreamers mm-hmm. would be that they have a strategic plan and they and they break it down and they execute it. A second one I think would be that you don't have to do it all at once, and it's kind of this, kind of with the first point, but like you know, it's this concept of like. Uh, they test bullets before they fire cannonballs. So, you know, a good example of that would be is like, okay, do what, you know, and this came up just the other day with one of someone I was working with, but basically like, okay, I want to build uh, SOPs for my entire business because I want to duplicate it. I want to I grow to another city. I want to get really good here, then move to another city. But, but building your entire SOP for your entire business, operation manager for your entire business is a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Like hard to do once, but like, so the, the, the concept was like, hey, I'm going to take some action. Like, I'm, not mm-hmm. saying, I'm, a, I'm going to do one SOP, low-hanging fruit, a pain point really well, involve my team, get the people who are going to be executing this SOP involved in, in helping build it, roll it out, get traction, mm-hmm. and then create this kind of this like yeah th- this so they get moving they get moving yeah they, yeah they get moving they get moving you feel that a lot in workouts you know what i mean like you're out you're going for you're cycling or you're running and uh and sometimes maybe you're not feeling great it's hard to just start but you once you get moving you get in the zone totally you do but you got to get the forward progress yeah. because that gives you the buy-in and the energy and i think even more importantly gives the team the buy-in and totally. the energy to motor forward the rest of the way they, they feel success like let's do another one yeah. let's do another sop hey let's let's make another improvement yeah as right? opposed to the daunting 500 page operations manual <laughs> yeah well can, can i say though because like like what one thing that i i always see as a distinguishing thing between you know what what separates the the men from the boys if you will like p um Going to your bullets versus cannonballs analogy, sometimes I, I'll meet business owners who are in their first year or two. The business is small; it's, un, it's well under a million dollars in revenue, and they're telling me that like I need to build out all of these systems <laughs> right now. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, no, you don't. No, you don't. You need to go sell some jobs. Yeah, you got to go paint, work and then go produce <laughs> them, and like maybe cobble together a checklist on the way, and and like duct tape that onto what you're doing, and see how that goes. Totally. But you've totally, totally like you've listened to too many podcasts if you're sitting there <laughs> and be like, I got to build out a seventy page SOP for the whole company. It's like you don't even have jobs for your guys next week, dude. Like that that matters more. So it's 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 doing those si- almost simultaneously that I think is a hallmark yeah. of of think these big, big thinkers. Yeah, and of game. Totally. Okay. So, so that's point number one. What's point number two? The second big one I would say would be that uh, they're decisive. So uh, 
they, 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 they make a decision and they're able to do it quickly and they, and they, they uh, uh, execute that decision. Mm-hmm. And I think this is really important for a couple of reasons, but a, a big one is like, there's always thing on a macro level and a micro level as a business owner, you're, you're uh, experiencing things. On a macro level, you know, there's 9-11, there's market crashes. We just went through COVID, right? right? Where bad things are happening. On a small scale, you know, a new competitor comes in, uh, you lose someone. So the, 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 the great contractors that I've seen, they are able to, they're, they're like a wartime leader. And what I mean by that is, is that, you know, you have a bad month, you have a bad week, you have a bad day and they take action right away. They don't, a, a peacetime leader will be like, uh, they might not take as much action. They're like, oh, it's okay, we can wait and do it. But the, 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 the really strong leaders can make action and make a decision. I, I'll give you an example of this. So one of the companies, uh, you, know, you know, last year with, with COVID, um, obviously COVID happened and, and they, right away they're like, okay, what is our action plan? And the leader right away took, took it by the horns. Um, and they... Um, they made an action plan of how they're going to produce the projects. They had to shift from residential to commercial. They made a decision like, okay, mm-hmm. we're going to go, we're going to start to attack and start to work more on the commercial side. And also I've seen other examples where uh, leaders like, okay, you know, especially with COVID, like, okay, we got to start to sell now through technology or through zoom. And so they, they're able to shift. And now good leaders too. And the ones who decision, you have to be able to, you know, be a, a, a wartime leader, but also a, kind of a, uh, a peacetime leader, but that would be a, a, a big factor I've seen is that people can take charge and, and fight through the tough times. Mm-hmm. Were you going to say something? Uh, no, I was just going to say that like, you really have to, to pick your battles on this, right? Like there's, there's times to go on offense when it comes to, to, to this level of decisiveness. Also, you have to be careful to not bottleneck the organization. There's, there's also a point where you can be trying to push too much through at any one time and not be thinking methodically yeah. around like, am, am I going to be p- trying to push too much down the pipeline and, and overwhelming our people, overwhelming the system and, and compromising on the quality of execution of like how much we can actually practically get done. Right. So that balance, the, 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 there's a balance to, to everything we're talking about with the level, with this level, but fundamentally hundred percent, like you have to, be confident in 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 your decision making. We we're talking in a previous episode about the importance of having like really good financial understanding so that you can be decisive with with the decisions that you do make. Yeah, there's so, there's the th- the thing is like when you when you run a large organization, there are going to be so many forks in the road that come at you. There's a there's a there's a right here or left there. Do we stop? Do we continue? Um, what I'm hearing you say is. Uh, the best of the best don't kick the can down the road. They don't make up excuses that why they, they can't make a decision. They don't procrastinate. They're like, okay, here's the data. Here's the situation. They understand it in context. They process it relatively quickly and they make it, they make the right choice a high percentage of the time, mm-hmm. not all the time, but a high percentage of the time. Yep. hundred percent. I think another part of this, this decisiveness that we're talking about here is too, is that they don't, I think, really good contractors, they don't mind breaking things in the short term mm-hmm. for the long-term play. And, I, and I'll give you a couple examples. What I mean by this is, 
you know, just the other day I was talking to uh, one of uh, the uh, contractors we work with and they were getting really poor reporting. They have a CRM that wasn't working. They weren't getting the right information and they're making the decision now we need a, a, to upgrade our CRM, get a new CRM basically. And for any of you, anyone who's ever done it before, there's a lot of pain yeah, that goes along trying to implement a new technology. And there's going to be a lot of learning curves, change management. But in the short term, they know, they know in the long term that's the right thing to do. So in the short term, they're willing to, to break things for the long-term play of the business, which is a huge thing. One other example that actually just came up, even today I was working with somebody, and this is a really good example, but one of their, their key, or I don't know if it's a key person, but a, an important person in business, they, they have to make a decision right now, and this, they've already made the decision, but they found out one of their, their staff members was doing something dishonest or was kind of like lying about something. And one of their, one of their core values is honesty. So in the short term, it is going to suck to make mm-hmm. this decision and I've got to let, they've got to let this person go, but it's the right thing to do and they're going to get their business going to become better because of that. And that's what the great contractors do is they, they are decisive in, in situations like that. They, they, they use their values to sort of be the thing that, that pushes the needle one way or another. They're constantly going back to that mm-hmm. uh, as a decision-making device. And you can't be afraid to lean into into that. And I, I've seen that a number of times, like uh, for the good. And I've seen quite weak leaders overlook this stuff because they're afraid, right? You're afraid of the work that's going to come from the fallout. But at the end of the day, like one thing that that I've I've heard from James for for over a decade is like you'd ask it what is the right thing? Those are words that you'd use even like a decade ago, right? And remember right. you'd ask me that multiple times, like in in a tough situation, what is the right thing? And now. To some people, I know that that would be a very vague question, but I know the depth to which you mean it. And you're saying, like, look at it through the filter of the values lens, the long, the lens of long-term success, and take the short-term pain for what's need, what needs to be done and you know needs to be done long-term. It is such a good point, man. And, and you know what? That, like, it's like, how do you make these decisions? You just kind of said that right there. Like, if you know your values, and this is an example that I said, if you know your values it's much easier to make those decisions. Yeah. If you know, if you know th- that's a great way to make decisions. Like we're talking about how to make decisions, the great ones are that they're clear on their values and when something crosses those values, they act. And, that, yeah. and, and that, that's exactly what you're saying there. Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing a, uh, someone showed it to me. I'm not, I'm not a part of this organization. I mean, it's not even like in our directing industry or anything, but the, like a really high level executive of the company sent the memo to the whole company and it said, uh, you know, at X organization, we believe strongly in our values. One, two, three, four. Effective today, this individual is no longer with the organization. Right. Really? Yeah. <laughs> totally. Totally. <laughs> well, public broadcast to the whole Well, company. not public to, 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 the, but the, to, to, the, to the core staff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll just say a couple more things on this decisive one. Like, you know, we we're talking about how do you make these decisions? Yeah. I think what's really important as well is, is you know, when you're making these decisions, do you have, I think some of the really, when I've seen some of the really good companies, the really good contractors, they will get counsel from people that they trust. Mm-hmm. So someone who's gone through the experience before, somebody that is, uh, can add value or insight on maybe how to do, how to, how to, how to, how to roll the decision out. But like they'll, mm-hmm. those get, they'll get, they'll, they'll basically get um, confirmation about what they're thinking to make that decision. Yeah. And I think that would find, find somebody that has been, find someone that has solved this problem before and say, what did you do in this situation or something that has enough parallels that you can, that you can relate to yeah. it. 
One thing that, okay. that, that one is, sometimes when I think about my role, one thing that's often pretty front of mind for me is, I, and I've mentioned this before in a, in a number of different environments, but I think, I sometimes feel, and I think that, that leaders, your job is to make good decisions, right? Like you don't dig the hole anymore, so to speak. You are a decision maker, really, as an entrepreneur, right? That's a huge part of what you do is to make decisions and to communicate them effectively. And I think over time, uh, to your point, James, if you can get good counsel and you can think through things critically with data and rationale and all this kind of stuff, you gain self-confidence in your decision-making. And you're like, I'm not batting perfect, but I know that 90% of the time I'm right when mm-hmm. I'm given like, are we going ahead or not? Or are we going this way, this way, or this way, that way? And when you begin to get that confidence, it does help you in your decision-making because you know, like I'm going to bat 90%. I'm confident in that. So when I make a decision, I'm going to be confident in that directive. And I think that you can only get to that point to, to, to what you're saying, James, around like when you've thought through it and when you have good counsel. Another thing that I've got uh, that's helped me a lot is just get really clear and get quite comfortable with the worst case scenario of, of the decision mm-hmm. that you're making. So it's like just confront how bad this could go. Yep. Can I? Can we live with that? Can I weather the storm? Because in every choice, there's going to be some inherent risk, but really, really confront that. Play devil's advocate for yourself. And if you can't do that, find someone else that will. But every time there's a big fork in the road, you, you really need to know what the worst case, case scenario is and, and be ready to deal with that if it comes up, which it probably won't because you're a good decision maker. But that, that's another exercise I think that's helped me before yep. too. 100%. And then, and then if it does happen, like you're not surprised by it. So, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. You, you've mentally prepared for yeah. it. Yeah. And on the opposite end of this, some of the, the weaker leaders I've seen really are not, are very indecisive and not clear communicators. And I've Wishy-washy. seen that. Wishy-washy. And I've seen that affect people and staff. I'm not even thinking about the leaders per se. I think about the staff and the things that you hear from the people that are being led where there's a lot of indecision in that. And it's not like, here's the decision. I communicate it clearly, concisely, properly mm. right yep it's good. good so that's that's two decisive decisive yep. what is number three number three uh is that uh they have a the great contractors have a really good eye for talent and they add value to their team mm-hmm. constantly so how would, you know this is you know everyone is if you listen to this your your contractor landscaping plumbing remodeling whatever it is you're doing you know if you're honest with yourself, you're probably the work you do might be similar the way it looks at the end of the day, like the actual project. But what differentiates great companies from others is the people that are on the team, the way those people, the culture of the business. So for the employees themselves or the experience that customers get. So the great contractors are really good at building teams. And I use the analogy of like a sports team. Like how, what is a really good sports team? One, they pick the right players. Mm-hmm. They, then they get a ton of trust with those players mm-hmm. and then everyone is working in the same direction. The similarity between the sports and the contracting business is interesting because in sports, let's say in football, you don't have a competitive advantage outside of what you just said about your team. That is your That is the competitive advantage. That's the one and only. There's no other secret sauce. Everyone plays by the same rules. Right. right. And it's like that in our industry, like there's no technology, there's no proprietary patents. You know, you, 
you, I remember you speak to this, like you install a new kitchen, you install a new kitchen, yeah. right? Your competitors have access, generally speaking, to the same materials and the same technologies and all this kind of stuff. It's about your people. I don't, yeah, I kind of think like, um, the, the age of like my trade secrets is, is long behind <laughs> us. Like the genie's out of the bottle. Like people know how to roof a roof yeah, and people right. know how to build a house. And so there, there's a very, it's a, it's sort of a pure and clean playing field the same way that a oh, football yeah. team is that like, there's no software. There's no fancy legal stuff going on. There's no IP. It is like a few positions of key players, how they communicate and interact and the processes that they execute time and time and time again. That's it. Exactly. So the eye for talent thing to keep on the sports bit is like you, a lot of these, um, high performers that you see that they're they're kind of like the best scouts like they're, they're out there they, they're seeing like the up-and-comers like oh like the, this guy runs a really fast 40 meter sprint this guy's got good hands like okay he's not there yet but i'm gonna keep my eye on yeah him. And, and it and it's so to your point yeah and it's it's from like a, an external perspective and an internal perspective so on the external side when they're bringing people into the business they they are super clear on what they're looking for. So they, they, they have, I, they profiled like the role of like, what makes this, what's make someone successful in that, like what skill set, what kind of values we're looking for. They're super clear on that. And then they're attracting people that fit that mold. And, and then they take a lot of time to make sure they land those people. I'll give you a, a, a really interesting example. So a, a really good company that we work with, it was a very important position they had to hire for. They did this. They got really clear on what they were looking for in this role, and what kind of what kind of person they were looking for. They cast the web, and they got a lot of people applying. And then, but the time they took to to bring this right person in, you know, they inter, you know part of the interview process was introducing to the team. They had a bit of a beer and a barbecue test. They took them a few of the top candidates for this. And this is a very important role, but a few of the top candidates they took them. On a, on a bit of a hike to mm -hmm. kind of see how they'd interact with the ownership as well. And, and I just talked to them literally today and they're like, this, this, you know, this person's been in our business for five months and it's working out like amazingly. Like they're, they knew what they were getting and they had this eye for talent we're talking about and they knew what they were getting and now this person is like taking their business to a whole new level. Like the way they're interacting with the team, the procedures they're doing, they're like making everything better. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's 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 easy for a lot of listeners here to get inspired by the story. I think the 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 cool and interesting complex part to note is that is that I know for you having worked with you for such a long time this is just it's not just a skill, it's a way of being that where you're always on this lookout internally, externally, but you're always on the lookout for talent and you're always developing into talent. That's been like a hallmark of James for for many many years. It, it's uh, to 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 add to that or to talk about that. Like I, I, I there's always, always be closing. There's always be recruiting. And, yeah. and and the thing is this: like I hear a lot. Of, I hear a lot of con the successful contractors. What they're doing is they're they're always putting it out to the marketplace. We're growing. We're successful. Do you know any good people? Mm -hmm. And they're they're that versus like, hey, we're busy. We're scrambling. We we need help. It's like. We're it's the other the way to frame that is we're growing, we're successful, we're looking for good people. Do you know any good people? And that's why they're getting they're they're able to select. They have this eye of 
or the talent's yeah. coming into them. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not just it's not just like when they're sh- when they're short a player on totally. the team. It's it's like that's the way of being. Yeah, you've got like, a full stack team, but you're, you're building the bench in your head. Yeah, you're, you're you're at Best Buy getting some headphones for your daughter, and you're like, oh, this guy's pretty good. Like, yeah. Maybe I'll tell him about my roofing company or whatever. And we, I see this all the time. Like p- people hire people from a sandwich shop, from a bar, from somewhere else because it's just their the radar for talent is it's constantly always on. on. You're constantly always on, on. But more importantly, it's not just that it's on. They know, they know how to interact with that. They know how to um, develop a relationship. Uh, you know, be a leader, even even in quick, short interactions, and come across to someone as maybe you know a, a potential lead for that person's career development. So it's like it, it's it's a habit that gets ingrained that I think you see consistently across industries. Totally, yeah. People sometimes ask me, man, like where where did you pull that person out of? They're like yeah. perfect for this role. It's like, well, what you don't see is that I've been working on this for the last two and a half years, very lightly. And there are people right now that our team doesn't necessarily know about that I'm quietly working on, so to speak, right? And they're in other roles and all this kind of stuff, right? But and not all of them, but some of them at some point, it will end up working out. Exactly. And to, to, to do what with though? Like what, like you're saying, you got, a, you got your eye on certain people, developing them, like what's, you know, what are they, what are they growing into? That's the part I very intentionally don't think a lot about because I go the right person first, and there is there's something serendipitous. The roles, the right roles, do come. They present themselves to you. It's it's really about the people you work on. The good people, and I've seen this time and time again. I don't know what it is, but the role appears in front of you in your eyes. Like you're either out for a run or you're taking a shower. You're just you're just in a calm kind of mental headspace, and you're like, right, there's the fit. Totally. I know ex- exactly. Right? When I when I go for a run is when I have those moments too. Is like I yeah. get inspired or something. I was like, oh, now I see this. And you see the two mesh. puzzle pieces how 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 they come together, right? But that's secondary. That's secondary. That what were the the piece we're really talking about here is like you're constantly on the lookout for for great talent and you're nurturing it. So I, I want to the second part, this nurturing part. Like you mentioned that a second ago, or I think a, a little bit. I, I want to capture something about five five minutes ago. We even said this, but. Once you've got the people on your team, you're investing in those people. Like you're totally. not just trying to get the eye for talent on the out, like maybe external to your business, but within your business, what are opportunities for people on your team to take on more, yep. right? And from a contractor's perspective, what types of roles would you recommend that within the organization that people keep the most of an eye on? That's a really good question. So it's interesting, you know, one, I think, an opportunity for a lot of countries, which I've seen some of the really good, uh, is they will focus on middle management. And the reason why middle management is for a couple of reasons. One is the middle managers, when I mean middle manager, maybe like a foreman or a job site leader or a crew leader, someone like that, they have a very important role because one, they're going to potentially take on more responsibility at some mm-hmm. point in the company, maybe a general manager or an operations manager, someone like that. So you can, if you invest in those people, there's that opportunity. But the other thing is if you invest in those people, they're the people that are, are working with the laborers and the technicians and maybe some of the other people that are, maybe that you don't have as much of a pulse on. But if you invest in the middle management and you, you make them, help them become better leaders, you know, bet, better... 
yeah, essentially better leaders. And there's a lot of things you could coach them on that. It's going to raise everybody's game. And then that's going to allow more people to grow within your business. And then again, this eye for talent, where could this person go? Is there an opportunity for this person in my business? If I want to expand. So the really good contractors are looking at the people on their team, investing in them. The, I, you know, we had, uh, we, we interviewed Jocko about, you know, two or three months ago. And he's like, he had this concept of like leadership capital. Are you, how much are you putting into people versus just taking from people? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a huge part of it. Yeah. I love that. Uh, run your business like a professional sports team. Be the best GM you can think of. Uh, great. Okay. So, so the, we've got like three really, really good clear points here for what we see in high performers. They think really, really big. Number one, they're decisive. Number two, like they don't kick the can down the road and avoid these decisions. Number three, they've got an incredible eye for talent. I think that's pretty clear. There's, there's another side to this that I think is just as interesting. And I would love to hear your thoughts on like, what do you see with the low performers? Like, are, are, there, are there attributes, are there ways of being, are there habits that you maybe see consistently with, um, with contractors that, that, you know, don't make it to, they, they don't achieve the vision that they talk about all the time. They, they actually hit a bit of a glass ceiling that they never passed. Like, what, what kind of stuff have you observed with that profile of business owner? Uh, so it, it, it is, you can learn a lot from both sides, like you said. So, the number one I would say is the inability to focus. Mm. And what I mean by that is, uh, you know, you've got this, this, this idea person who's like, Oh, I want to try this or I want to do this or I'm going to do this. I'm going to add, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And now I'm going to do this, but they don't do anything. Well, they try to do a lot of things and they basically not do, do any of them really well. It, it, and that would be like that inability, like ADD of like trying to jump from thing to thing. Yeah, would be a big one. Yeah, ideas are really a dime a dozen in business, and I think in life in general, they're like, easy. Yeah, they're easy, right? They're, they, they, the whole game is about exceptional execution, right? It's you see way more ideas floating around than I do people who are good at making the bringing them to life in a in a powerful way. Yeah, right. Yeah. One of one of, so so for the listeners, like some context, like one of my uh, roles within Breakthrough Academy is like I I do a lot of the assessments, I do the intakes, I meet people before they, we begin coaching them to make sure that they're a fit. Um, and one of the I got to be honest, one of the big red flags that really gets my spidey senses going is when they go. I'm a, I'm the ideas guy. I've got so many business <laughs> ideas. Yeah. Immediately, immediately, I'm like, well, okay, let's just slow down here. Let's let's have a closer look at this guy or this girl. Like, I'm not so sure about that because the the like this guy's the, lab results are coming back. A yeah, I'm like, I believe their blood works maybe a little touch and go. Let's have a let's do a follow up meeting, right? So, um, and it, that that's because like being the ideas guy only gets you so far to do anything well takes a deep level of focus and commitment. You need to see it through to completion. You and I have talked about this many, many times, you know, the, the focus on the long term. So when I um, am I'm speaking to someone that seems jittery, like they're, they're like, they're bouncy. Like they seem really easily distracted, like a, a sound outside their office. They're like, you know, they look that way. They're checking their phone multiple times in the middle of a meeting. Th- these are things, unfortunately, that I would, generally speaking, associate with lower performance than high performance. And there's there's actually an unawareness about that, I think, with a, lo- with a lot of these people too. So 
And just to add this to you, like, and as a leader, if you're trying to do so many things, it is super confusing for your staff. Like I've mm. seen this before where the staff is frustrated because they're getting low, very little direction because like the, the, the leader or the owner of this contracting company is, is like, hey, let's do this, let's do that. And they don't know where to focus and then everything is going awry. I think there's a huge power in being able to say no. Like not always saying yes to everything, but being able to say no. Like, no, we're not going to make this higher. No, we're going to focus on this for now and not worry about that. It's like what you don't do is yeah. actually more powerful than what you do do sometimes. Hey, we're not going to work with that client because they're not our ideal client. Like that ability to do that is, yeah. is huge. Last week we had uh, we had a guest come in, like like external to the company, a super high performer in marketing, uh, came in what we call the guest spotlight on the mar- with the marketing team uh, into their kind of weekly marketing team huddle. And uh, one of the, the big powerful quotes, like he he's an incredible focus guy. He does very few things, but very well. Like he's, uh, he's extraordinary at diving headfirst into one thing. And, uh, and one of the big things he said is like the genius is in being able to identify all the things to not do. Mm. Right. Uh, because you're right. Those ideas are a dime a dozen. And, and to this day, I mean, after all these years, I'm still blown away by how complex and difficult and time consuming and expensive it is to execute on any one thing very well. Unbelievable. This this focus piece is is huge, and it's we've touched we've touched on this in other episodes, but like we we live in such a distracted time, yeah, between our devices and notifications on our screens and what's going on in the political climate, COVID. Like, there's just a bajillion things a day that can veer you off course. If if you're doing that to yourself in addition to all those distractions, totally. it's going to be really really tough to to move in a given direction. And so what you'll see if you like charted their course is they kind of do this and then they do that and they go back here and then they're up here and then they go back <laughs> here. And then whereas if they just said the like, I'm going to chart path. a course and go this way <laughs> yeah. and I might make a few course corrections maybe, but by and large, this is the yeah. direction I'm going multiplied through time. They get a lot further. Totally. So yeah, this, this, this focus, so number one, inability to focus, that is something that we see. Uh, that's a bit of a red flag. What What's the second one? Second one would be, number two would be they're not coachable. Uh, that would be the, the second one I would say. What do you mean by that? Well, they, they kind of get in their own way. And what I mean by that is like running a business is difficult. And, uh, you know, you need to have a bit of swagger. You need to have some ego to run the business. And what I mean by ego is you need to be confident, you need to be confident in your ability. But if you've got the, you know, the, you know, the wrong ego where you're not open to perspective, open to feedback, open to suggestions, it can really limit you. Right. And that, that would be a number one where I've seen examples before where someone's not coachable. I, you know, I, I give you a, a, an example of this where I've, I've seen one time where I was working with somebody and they were relatively new to business and they hadn't, their business was relatively small, but they were trying to hire a, 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 like a, a, almost a GM role before they should be. Right. Like they were trying to hire a role and they were still like, they, they were based the GM, but they hadn't really earned the right to, to have just weren't there yet. They weren't there yet. Yeah. And I was like, hey, listen, man, you shouldn't hire this guy yet. You're not ready for this role. And he actually got upset. And he's like, he was basically saying like, I, 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 
I, I, I work with you to listen to my ideas and, and agree with me. I was like, no, man, that's not my role. My role is to help you the most is to give you the right advice. And that's not what you should be doing right now. So it wasn't very coachable. And that would be uh, an, an example of that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's a very interesting distinction you make there because, you know, to the earlier point of what we said is a characteristic of strong leaders is to be able to be decisive. To be decisive, there's a level of self-confidence that is there but it's it's self confidence does not equal huge ego and being closed to to outside perspectives, especially when when they maybe are more experienced than than you are. Um, the other interesting thing, just on this note, that I've observed as well is is that time doesn't lie, and and the people who are quite ineffective are unable to look at where they are the common denominator to the challenges of the business, right? And sometimes. Yes, they just straight up have a big ego and you can feel it in them. But sometimes they don't even necessarily come across like they have a big ego, but they're not, they're unable to be introspective to where the issues that they contribute into the business. And that's where I see the time doesn't lie. When you look at the last five years, is there, you know, sometimes with these people, there's a pattern there where you're like, man, that all points back to the leader, but they keep going with the same patterns. Right. Right, 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 right. But if you like, if if you uh, bi- like bury your head in the sand, or you put your blinders on, when people that care about you, when people that know what's best for you, when people in your corner are saying, "Hey, I think that you need to make this change or that change." Hey, you know, I actually think that the, like your communication style, particularly with your office staff, I think it's super condescending, and I think they get offended by your energy, and I think that that is one thing that's creating a whole bunch of internal conflict. They're kind of scared of you. It's tense. It's toxic. I think this is something you could totally look at. And the response is like, no, it's fine. That's like, that's, that's their shit. Like, that's what we mean by low introspection. There's a complete and total inability to objectively view what they bring to the table, how they show up to the world. And that's a very different thing than having a healthy ego. Like we almost, you almost shouldn't even use the same word. They're, They're two totally different things. There are, there are contractors that have a, Tons of confidence, tons of swagger. But the second somebody that they trust says, hey, man, you got to look at this behavior. You got to look at this decision you made, whatever. They're like, they, they shut up and listen. They're like, let me get my notepad out and yeah. tell me everything. Yeah. So that's a huge, huge piece. And they can look at the longer timeline and say, like, here's the pattern I see over the last five years, right? Like to your example, an office manager, have you had four people turn over yeah, in totally. the office? What's the lowest, the, what's the common denominator here? You are. Totally. Right. And yep. that, that, that in essence is, is I think such a, such a big ability to look back and, and see patterns. I've seen that in great leaders and, and in poor ones, right? Can people identify patterns or not? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And own it and own it and own it and own it. And own it. And own it yes. Yeah. 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 It's big. I, the, the other, um, the other thing that uh, I'll hear a lot just in my, in my assessment world is uh, we'll be talking about Breakthrough Academy. We'll be talking about the framework. We'll be talking about the six pillars that we're going to implement. We're, we're really having a deep discussion around the infrastructure that their business needs. And what they'll say is, oh, yo, we, we, we got a lot of this already. Right. right. It's like, we well, don't. You don't. I'm telling you, you don't. We've been talking for two hours. 
the results of your business tell me they don't. The way that you talk about it tells me they don't. Like, like this is a this is objectively true, and you're mm-hmm. telling me that you have a lot of the stuff in place. If you had this stuff in place already, we would absolutely not be having this conversation in the first place, and your business would be twice the size it is, or way more profitable, or you wouldn't be as stressed out as you are. Like the proof mm-hmm. is in the pudding here, and and you, you need to have a look at it. So this, I think, this coachability piece is huge. Uh, when you say the people get in their own way, it is it's an absolute. Uh, it's a truth and it's definitely something that's a, a red flag for me too when, when talking with entrepreneurs. Okay, so that's number two. Mm-hmm. What's number three? Number three. Uh, uh, I would I would describe this as the, uh, the content that, that don't get where they want to be or they struggle to grow would be they have a, 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 a poor uh, sphere of influence. Mm. What I mean by that is the people that are, uh, uh, I guess, either supporting them or they're getting advice from are not healthy. And it could have come from a number of ways. It could be significant other. Their spouse is kind of like, hey, you can't do this or you shouldn't do this or don't do this. It could be a, a business partner that could be like a toxic business partner where there's there's uh, animosity between the two of them and they're not able to move forward because of that. It could be friends. It could be parents. It could be like st- like even their own staff that's really holding them back. Right. And that would be I've seen that would be another one that would that really limits people mm-hmm. and then when they're close to it it's hard for them to see it right if you have a business partner that you've been there's a lot of water water under the bridge you've got time together it's sometimes hard to see where and how people are holding you back and that could be the same the same is true for your larger friend group or whatever it is but uh, it's hard to see it when you're when you're close to it I think I, I was having this conversation with someone a few weeks ago you know, uh, parent, parent, son business Mm -hmm. taking over, you know, he's got fresh eyes on the thing and really wants to make some changes, wants to take this business, which is, which is a good business. It's a stable, healthy business. Mm -hmm. They've made a life for themselves. There's nothing, there's nothing bad about that. But, but son is saying, I like, I really think this could be really great. And this is, this is the way I see it. And all like the conversation that he keeps bumping into again and again is what's the point in doing all this? I don't like, I don't know if we want to do that. Right. What's wrong with what we have right now? And, and it's like my heart goes out to this, this individual. Cause like he, he feels really stuck. He feels right. really, really stuck right. by that, by that center of influence. Yeah. Um, so just, that's, that's another big one too. Yeah. And conversely, I think people who develop a lot and develop quickly, right? Because you, you have base talent coming back to the athlete example, right? Like you have a base set of talents that someone has, so you can characterize them on that. But I think even more so you characterize them on their ability to grow and develop. That's really the hallmark of an intelligent individual. Um, the circle of influence or sphere of influence, as you call it, is I think is a big factor in someone's de- development, Right. That that's essentially when, when when I look at people, I'm like, okay, how much raw talent does this individual have, and then what is their propensity to grow? And a huge equation to their ability and their propensity to grow over time is is what is their influential environment like? Do you think one's more important than the other? Like over the years, would you would you say like like yeah, that's the, I would, the propensity to grow thing is ranks more importantly than the talent? Piece? I would I would any day I would take a lower level of base talent with a higher ability and propensity to grow and develop. And a huge part of that comes from where does your circle of influence lie? Who are you getting coaching and training from? Who is your peer in your friend group that inspires you? What are you reading? 
reading and what kind of thought leaders are you reading and consuming information from, right? It's, uh, that's where you see, you just map someone's trajectory. And the reality is it's a long life, right? Like a lot of us and a lot of uh, smart entrepreneurs in this space are fairly young. So you look at, okay, you're, you know, you're currently like this age, you've got this much to go. Mm -hmm. How much are you going to develop over all of those years? That's where the big returns come from. You know, you know what else? You know where else you see this as a perfect example is you look at, you look at the Academy Awards, you look at big sports awards, you look at people on big stages winning stuff. The best of the best, the the, the people that are at the top of the pyramid, when they go do their announcement speech, the first thing they say is, they don't they don't say you know. Thank, thank you for all my talent. I'm amazing. Unless they're a total jerk and you know, you don't see that that often. Usually they say, I want to thank my coaches. I got to thank my team. Totally. I got to thank my parents. Totally. I got to thank the trainers. And they go through the entire organization that surrounds them and mention every single person. So that that's like, you're looking at the best of the best, acknowledging that they didn't get there alone. And I think the question that a lot of people that maybe feel like they're struggling with this are like, like, like reflect on this. If, if you got an award and you went up to, you went up on the stage to say something, who's your list? Yeah. Who, who are you thanking? Yeah, totally. Yeah, who, who, and this goes actually to the second point too, about this, this, this uh, coach will run, right? That there's very connected to this too, but yeah, hundred percent. It's like, who would you be like, I want to thank these people yeah. because that's, what's going to really propel you. That's, that, totally. that's the sphere of influence. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I felt it even just like when I think back to my purse, you know, when I think about my personal life, um, the people that I've been inspired by and learned a ton from that have elevated me, like, and it's very tangible. I can look at the last 10 years, uh, 15 years and say like, these are the people, these are the situations, these are the moves that I made to put myself into these situations that have, that have led to that. I can point, point very clearly to them. Um, and I think there's an intentionality element where, where if you're a high performer, you're intentional about who and how you learn from. And, uh, and to your point, James, with the low performers, like you can, you know, they are often not in that kind of circle of influence. 100%. Yeah. yeah. 100%. So um, we want to end with a fun question. I think this is one of your favorites, Seager. Why don't you ask JD this one? I got a question for you, James. So I'm going to fund, I fund a billboard for you. I like it already. On a very busy street. <laughs> I like it. James likes these kind of questions. Uh, we'll put it outside here, here out of our office, a very busy street in Vancouver, um, of our studio here, huge billboard. It's up for the rest of your life. You can put a quote up on it that all these people see, right? And let's have a business focused. What would be your, your one message to the business world? It is a very good question. I do love these questions. Uh, the, the, the quote that I would put on the billboard is treat Everyone with respect, you never know where it's going to go. And that would be from my experience. And I just do it naturally because I think that's the right thing to do. Yes, you but do. but it, it has served me so well in life where I, 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 I be kind, I respect everybody. And it's come back to me in spades in business and personal. Totally. Uh, yeah. And having known James and worked with James for a very long time, I can 100% promise you that he lives this all the time. I know, I do not know a single person who would say anything negative about James. And that's, that's a true fact. I, and I know, I don't, I, I don't know how many people in my life I can, I can, I could say that for. So, which is why we were so blessed to have you here today. Uh, thank you a ton for Amazing. sharing this insight and, uh, 
come back again soon. Thank you, both of you, too. And I had a blast, too. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank awesome. you. Hey, if you enjoyed this show, hit that subscribe button. It's what allows us to produce more awesome content for you totally for free.